Assalamu alaikum, brother. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. Um, it is 3.03 a.m. What week is this, brother? December 18th? This is, uh, uh, yep. Is it December 18th as of right now, bro? December 18th of 2021. Get your Christmas presents in order. Get your life in order. And welcome to Black Mental Health and Race. This is MF Doug and my co-host, Dr. Wayne. There it is. Um, or Dr. Moore, whichever. whichever. <laughs> yes, sir, depending on your day and the measure of alcohol you consume. What's Absolutely. going on, brother? Well, bro, I, I can appreciate your enthusiasm tonight, bro. You <laughs> sound very enthusiastic, and that is what I need right now, because I am tired, so... We won't we won't keep you long, as Doctor Collar would say. But we're gonna make it strong, brother. I had yeah, a, a little elixir, so that's what you may be hearing because my life <laughs> is nothing like what I sound like right now. Oh uh, well, well then that's that's a good thing, brother. If you can push past the pain and 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 laugh, then that's that's living, brother. <laughs> As they tell the mothers in labor, push, push. Yes, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm going to try to stay in good spirits because I think one of the things that I do know about depression, and I don't know it from a clinical standpoint, but I do know it from an experience, is um, you're going to have to push past the pain. And you're going to have to get your mind off of the things that worry you the most. Not that you don't address them, because some people will just ignore things altogether until the fire starts. When there's smoke, there's definitely going to be fire. But in my experience, um, one of the things that we have to do is to have a light moment, even though there's going to be plenty serious time in your life. Yeah, and I, and I think, um, well, I think a lot of things, but um, one of the things that I, I think about when I think about depression is when I, when I was doing my depression, when I was doing my comprehensive exams, um, and I was, uh, I had two fields that I had to um, write extensively about, right, mm-hmm. and uh uh, two theories that I had to write extensively about. And one was uh, CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy. Hmm. And the other one was um, Carl Rogers, uh, person-centered or client-centered uh, therapy. Hmm. And so with CBT, one of the things I learned about was um, the, the quote-unquote father of CBT was um, Aaron T. Beck. Um, but one of the things that he discovered in trying to uh, explore depression was he said that we had automatic thoughts, right? Mm. And with these automatic thoughts, they were like they were they were uncontrollable. They were just automatic thoughts that, that people would have. Um, and with these automatic thoughts, these th- 
thoughts that would just come in your mind that would make you depressed. Wow. Right? Or, or make you feel a certain way, right? And they were uncontrollable. And you had to learn how to control those automatic thoughts. And so that's where the whole CBT came from because CBT had everything. It, it, it CBT was cognitive, which is the way you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the B was behavior, and the T was therapy. So he, he called it CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, because he said if you could change the way you think, then your thinking could change your behavior. Wow! Right, and then that can manifest a different thought. I totally agree because that has been my experience as well from a non-clinical standpoint but um definitely the the behaviors you can't ch- can ch- uh change your reality as much as you can change your thought and your thoughts are controlling your actions so if you can change your thoughts, then you you can possibly change your reality itself. Yeah. So you you started off tonight by saying I I hear the enthusiasm in your voice, <laughs> and so I was like, wow, I I appreciate the enthusiasm because I'm I'm feeling kind of tired, yes, uh, all lethargic. And you said, well, you know, it's not indicative of what I'm going through or what I'm feeling. Mm. And I said, wow, well, that's interesting because. And it took me right there to cognitive behavior therapy because I automatically thought, well, whatever it is that you're going through, you you are allowing or creating a thought process that is not allowing the uh, whatever it is that you are experiencing to dictate what you are going to do. Right. Right. And so you're smiling in spite of whatever pain it is that you experience. Right. Indeed. So, um, there, there's um, not much going on this week other than crime. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get a uh, talk on that. Um, but in terms of uh, celebrity um, sightings or celebrity um, events that happened in their lives because our lives are so pathetic that we seem to look up to that. Maybe you can speak on that as well. Um, It was an uneventful week in terms of that, unless you want to include the shooting, but I think that was last week, wasn't it? The high school shooting? I think there's a couple things if you want to talk about social media. There's a judge that was um, recorded by a family member um, <laughs> saying racist things about black folks. Um, they, they beat so him up on camera. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. what prompted her nigger statement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there was another situation where um, that the police officer, the white police officer that um, yeah, taser, taser, taser. While she killed a black man, that's on trial. Kimberly um, uh, Potter, I think her name is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's interesting because the way they're painting this case is making her look like she's the victim. Right. So I think that that's interesting. You know, I'm really not the social media guy, but I um, do. I, 
I listen to, you know, um, I listen to Sirius XM, I listen to the Urban View. Yeah. Um, so I do listen to, um, like, Black Power Radio all day, every day, so. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure many of them um, hits hot, hot topics like that, too, right? Indeed. Yep, and that's 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 my guy. So um, <laughs> I know as much as people don't don't like him, oh, that's that's my dude. So uh, I, I, when you people know, don't like him, you and you're successful, you're doing something right, brother. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But particularly when you're not hurting anybody, and people right. just like right. It, it, that that's a big caveat, indeed. Yep. That is a big yep. caveat. Um, there's also a follow-up from last week. Um, we talked about Jelaine Maxwell, um, and not, um, too far after our conversation, the, the defense had rested, and, um, the trial is almost about over, especially for the, um, in terms of the prosecution. They only brought for four witnesses and that she's supposed to be a part of this big sex trafficking organization, and you only bring up four witnesses, what does that implicate to the jury? Um, you only got four witnesses, and she's a big-time global sex trafficker. Um, I think uh, we're going to see another botch case like um, I think we saw with... Um, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, I think it was a little bit going over the top to try to accuse this 17-year-old of reckless homicide or murder. I think it was more him making an error in judgment and causing manslaughter rather than murder. I don't think he was premeditated, although you can argue that he went out there with the intent to put niggas in their place, but that's all speculation when it comes down to legalities. Um, so those were well, I, the. Um, I, I, well, I, I think if, if, and I'm not a lawyer, so I want to be very careful. Yes, sir. But I, I but I, I think that when it comes to Cal Rittenhouse, that speaks volumes to white privilege. Right. Because if a black person had went to another state to protect other black people. With an or, illegal gun. <laughs> right. You know, to do any of that. <laughs> you'd be hard-pressed to prove He wouldn't have made it across the border. They'd have shot him. Right. Gun, right, gun. Right, right, right. But this is not, that what he did was not intentional. So I am not, I, I personally will not give him a pass in saying that what he did was not intentional. Mm. You know, you know, as ignorant as he, as it was, you know, him being a young person, but if he could have been any young black person that had made that same mistake, he would not have been judged. That is correct. That Which is why our young people, when they commit murder, are get, being charged as an adult. He was still charged as a minor in that case. Which is what I'm yeah. saying. I'm not even uh, refuting anything you said. I totally agree. What I'm saying is that the legal prosecutors botched this case like you botch a plastic surgery. They 
went over the top and it, it's it's based the law is based on what you can prove now you may be absolutely right um i'm talking about the prosecutor not you in saying that he was uh recklessly um um in, engaged in a homicide that may be true but what can you prove to a jury of white peers <laughs> There were eight white women on that uh, jury for Kyle Rittenhouse. You're not going to convince them that he did anything wrong. And that goes to your point about white privilege. This is what white privilege transfers into because white privilege can say, one of the things that white privileges can say is self-defense. Yep. And... And, and and what white privilege can also do, if you look at if you remember the movie Time to Kill with Sam Samuel Jackson. Yes, sir. One one of the greatest things that he was able to do at the end of that movie was he asked everybody to, and it was just a white jury, but he asked them all to close their eyes. Hmm. Right? And he said, I want you to close your eyes for a moment and I want you to envision this this man you know, going out and killing somebody, right? Because they molested their child, right? And as heinous as the crime was, I want you to envision that the rape and the molestation that took place of this child was a white child. Hmm. Completely changed the dynamics. It sure did. Of, 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 of the white people's mind. Right. Because, right, because in that, initially they could see a crime that took place, mm-hmm. right? This man, you know, murdered some people because this person um, molested or raped mm-hmm. this child. But let's change one dynamic of this and make this child a white child. Right. That was raped. And molested, and, and it, you know, it was a great theatrical moment because when when he asked the jury or instructed the jury to close their eyes, most people watching the movie as an audience, even knowing it's a fictional movie, they also closed their eyes in their head, and they were surprised surprised with the last statement he made. He said, "Let's make this." Uh, Instead of it being Samuel Jackson, the victim on trial here, I mean, not, I mean the the defendant on trial here. Let's make it that this was a white person, and then all of the things that you may have not tolerated from a black person becomes okay. Yeah, but you, but 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 let me show you the power in there, right? Mm-hmm. If if I'm not if I'm not um um correct in this. Um, you can correct me, but I can, I, I, I think I remember, um, Dr. Khaled Muhammad doing something different mm-hmm. or doing something, not doing something different, doing something similar. Mm-hmm. Right. And I remember when Spike Lee had done the movie, um, I think it was Jungle Fever. Mm-hmm. Right. And he came in that morning. And he strolled up to the podium 
and he slammed the Quran down on the podium. Hmm. And he said, no more goddamn jungle feet, <laughs> right? And, and, and then at some point, and, and, and you know, his um, uh, 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 conversation, um, he, he, he asked us to do something similar. And he asked us to close our eyes hmm. and to envision what Jesus or God looked like. Hmm. Right? And, and what he was attempting to do was to, to try to break the psyche of the pictures of, of what we had seen all of, all of our life right. in, in terms of who and what Jesus or God looked like. And it was a very difficult experiment because it was hard to envision, you know, in your mind what Jesus or God looked like right. outside of the pictures that you had seen. Right. Because now your brain was trying to do something. It was trying to do something different. And it was a struggle because, okay, what does God look like? Right. Mm. And your, your brain was pretty much drawing a blank. Mm-hmm. Because you, 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 your brain was saying, if it wasn't the white man that you grew up and was taught that this is who God is, this is who Jesus is, and these were all the pictures, you know, that you had historically seen, you know, whether it was on your grandma's wall, your mama's wall, your wall, you know, or a book or the Bible. It was somebody in somewhere in somebody's black house. Exactly. And, and, and as black people, to close your eyes and envision what God looked like, it, it was a blank wall. It was a blank stare. Mm-hmm. And I remember that experiment in my head saying, wow, you know what? I it, 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 I, I just don't know. Right. Right. And and it was, it, it was an experiment that I was like, I don't ever want to be in this situation again. Right. <laughs> where, where, you know, the only vision in my mind, it, no matter how black mm. conscious I'm thinking, right, right, but even as black conscious as I'm thinking or talking, mm. in my mind, you still see white vision, Jesus. I still see white Jesus. <laughs> that, that is some that serious brainwashing, bro. That's false. Yep. And it, yep. it it goes to I think uh, a term that you. Um, made me familiar with uh, where we normalize certain things subconsciously and white power is is one of those things or white privilege is one of those things that we subconsciously normalize even if we we got a black power stance or want to see some black empowerment or want to see black people um, get up out of the conditions that they're in as a collective, we still see white Jesus. Yep. Yep. And I think Joe Madison said it best, or, say, or says it best, and um, when he talks about culture conditioning. Mm. Mm. Whether, we, whether we know we're culturally conditioned or not, we're culturally conditioned to think and feel and act a particular way when it comes to white folks. Hmm. Indeed. And we are at the 20-minute mark. That was our first segment. Um, that was 20 minutes, bro. 
Yeah, it, it, time goes when you're having fun. <laughs> so we can do one more session, and I can let you get some rest. Because I know that staying up this late just to do this podcast is a lot. Um, it even takes a toll on me. And I ain't got no job, Tommy. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. You have been listening to Black Mental Health. And what would Black Mental Health be if we did not address the conditions of where we're at in the United States and across the globe? Uh, so we're talking about black mental health, and we cannot forget, and race. I am your host, MF Doug, and my co-host is... Dr. Moore. And we'll be back after these messages. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God.